I mean, if you want to be an elite team, you need to be elite in managing games. It's just, you know, you got to close that game out. Sheldon Keefe. I think he's got his swagger back. He's just, he's ready. He's not afraid to tell it like he thinks it is now. He'll blend the lines. He'll move Marner and Matthews. He's saying stuff Barry Trotz in a sack. He's not coming here. He's not coming. Sheldon Keefe, after last night, uh, the Leafs blow a lead. And they lose in overtime to the Golden Knights. Um, I did Leafs talk last night with McKee. We went way too long. We went like 40 minutes. And now I'm dead tired today because I did the move of stay up late. Couldn't go to sleep. Did a million things. Like, did all the things last night. Gambled on late night hockey. Tried to watch a movie. Tried to do a podcast. Ended up on the online blackjack table at like 2 a.m. Not good. Guess what? It wasn't up. <laughs> like yelling at the online dealer. Like, where are these people? Where are these places? Uh, but I said it last night on the talk. I'm always a process versus results guy, usually. Um, and this was a process versus results game for me. It, Shalgren took a step in the right direction. Still don't think that that's a long-term solution in that. Like, ultimately, he saved a bunch of breakaways, but no, I, I don't think anybody's changing their opinion on Eric Shalgren based on one game. Timothy Lilligren, he showed some of what this blue line has been missing. He's got that big shot from the point. He can move the puck. He gives them a little bit more balance throughout the lineup. He gives them another option to play with Morgan Riley. I think Morgan Riley has really struggled. Um, he struggled again last night. It was another sort of disappearing act for Austin Matthews where I just, I didn't, I didn't really notice Matthews a lot during that game. They played, I thought, a pretty solid game. Leafs were decent, but I never really felt like they were the better group and I never really noticed Matthews. That being said, the biggest takeaway from the game was Mitch Marner. Sometimes this market does get really noisy, and I do think people pee down their leg about media and whatever. It's like, yeah, most of this is just trying to fuel fan interest. Most of this is just built off of fan interest or trying to communicate things about the team to everybody. But when the market gets noisy for one or two things, uh, certain stuff can get left out to the side. And I think that Marner, his play seemed to have gotten boiled down to, oh, well, this guy was turning the puck over too much or he wasn't making good enough decisions or he was playing too much. He was asked to do too much. He wasn't feeling fresh. He and Sheldon Keefe, are they at odds? Is he a leader? And in all of those different narratives, it seems like we lost a little bit of focus on Mitch Marner's actual play on the ice. And... Up until last night, maybe there's been a few moments throughout the season, but it hasn't felt like the Mitch Marner that we saw from a year ago. It just it just hasn't. And yeah, part of that is maybe just that Matthews has two even strength goals. Part of that is maybe that they've been shuffling up that line and taking a look at different left wingers. But last night, Marner looked like, you know, Magic Mitch the guy that plays with a ton of confidence and the guy that scored 35 goals, by the way, this kind of a a forgotten thing when it comes to Mitch Marner is that he scored a ton of goals last year and it was way out of character, right? 35 goals. 
His totals before that, and granted, he was a much younger player, but it was 19, 22, 26, 16, 20. And some of these are shortened seasons, right? The 20 was in 55. But so far this year, three goals. Three goals through 14 games. And that play where he gets into the middle of the ice and he picks that top corner, that play was beautiful that he set up to Lilligren. But the goal, let's just focus on the goal for a second. Mitch Marner, what is going to separate him and make him one of the best players on the planet is if he can still also score. Everybody knows that the setup game is undeniable. That's just going to always come easy to him. Um, Everyone knows that he's a responsible two-way player, that he can kill a penalty for you. Ugly moment last night where he fires the puck over the glass, and I've joked about it, but that brings you right back into the Montreal series. Anytime Marner does that, you'll be reminded of how many times he's done that in the playoffs. But he just looked like a guy who was having fun last night. He looked like his normal self. He looked like his dominant self. And that's kind of going to be one of the big stories this season for me is what do we find out from Mitch Marner in terms of the, the level of goal scoring? Like I said, I think that he and Matthews will produce. I think that they'll get their cookies. I think that they will be fine. Those two are pretty established as a pairing, but man, is he going to be a 20 to 25 goal guy or is he going to be a 30 guy? 30 plus. Big difference. Um, I don't really get the Kerfoot on the top line move unless they're trying to pinch bunting for money. I, I don't mind it. Like, I don't hate this move. I don't mind seeing bunting down the lineup. I don't mind Sheldon Keefe taking a different look at the complexion of his team. But I don't really see how Kerfoot fits those two better than Bunting does. Honestly, like I I will say this. I've had some moments with Bunting this season where I've looked at his play and gone. He's weirdly underappreciated because he makes the he makes so little money, right? What does he make? Nine hundred thousand dollars? It's like nine hundred K for a guy who stepped in here, produced a ton of points. The Calder conversation got nuts where people went, this guy should win the Calder. He's like, no, no, no. You can't win the Calder when you're older than, you know, where you're same age as Pete. You know, like, it's just, it can't happen. That that can't happen. You got to be Joe's age to be, you got to be 21 and younger, 22 and younger. Like, that's, sorry, Joe. I know. You, you know Joe's young because he gets mad when you forget a year of his age. <laughs> you know, whereas anybody else, as soon as you get older, you're going, yeah, I hope that you accidentally mistake me for somebody you're younger. But yeah, I just, I, there's stuff that'll always drive you nuts with bunting. Like the diving is always a little bit too much. It does feel like teams will just mean mug him in a way that just doesn't happen with a list of 10 players in the NHL. Kudos to him for being able to take it and stay healthy. But boy, oh boy, does he get absolutely mugged on a, on the daily, but he's a good four checker. He can turn pucks over in the offensive zone and he can make sure that that gets to the star players. It's a good fit. He's got just enough hands, not the best shot, but enough touch around the net that you like him. I do wonder if a part of this, not so big, but just a part. I like you. You got to know Sheldon Keith's motivations for this are, hey, this is what's best for the team. I want to take a look at these different lines. But part of it, just part of it, given the relationship between Keith and Dubas, has to be maybe not pinching him for money, like trying to make sure that his contract is limited or whatever, but. Hey, let's find out again who Michael Bunting is. Let's find out what exactly you have here. By the way, I'm supposed to be joined by Matthew Barnaby because this is book day, but he's got no service. That's what's going on, Austin.
So I don't mind it. I don't mind it, but I also don't think that it's the long-term solution. Ultimately, the Leafs are going to have to bring in another guy. That's the way that this is going to have to be. But yeah, um, crappy loss. It's unfortunate that that ends up happening in overtime. I saw a weird stat that Matthews, Marner, and Riley, when the three of them have been together, they've been outscored 8-1 in overtime, which is a pretty shocking statistic given like who they are. I thought Marner made a bit of a tough play in OT, but that's three on three. That's the way that it is. Overall, positive signs. They end up getting some contributions from down the lineup. Mitch Marner breaks out, looks like a stud. Second line continues to look great. They've got a little bit of flexibility in the lineup. David Camp gets way more responsibility yet again and continues just to look like one of Dubas's great finds. I think that honestly, yesterday was kind of a game of, hey, uh, out of Dubas's greatest moves, you got to consider TJ Brody's signing being one of them, who also had a really good game, who's basically stabilized Justin Hall, but also Camp. He's sort of the lost guy. We've done all this like bunting. What's bunting's contract going to be? What's David Camp's contract going to be? Like, what is that guy going to get paid? Because he feels really important in the Leafs. And it still feels like you can, you can put players around him and it just seems to work. Like, whatever the machination is around David Kampf, it seems to be just fine. Anyways, quick break. We'll come back. We'll break it down, hopefully, with Barnaby. Sportsnet 590. 590. The Fan. Pete's going on vacation. He's gone. Everybody's on vacation on the show. That's really cool. I'm grinding away doing two shows. Mark Boffo comes in, starts producing the show for like three days, and then he's like, yeah, I'm off for two weeks. Cool. Pete, same thing, starting tomorrow, gone for essentially two weeks. Mexico. Gets a haircut. The haircut is nice. Oh, thanks, JD. It's a good haircut. No, thank you. Joe got a haircut too, but all he did was buzz his, his, like he just did a buzz cut. I had to Mm. commit to the Halloween costume of Michael Schofield. That's not really a Halloween costume what no, you did, it's by not. the way. Yeah. It's not. I just want to let you know that all you did was be a shaved head guy. All you did was give yourself a buzz cut and you wore like a tracksuit. You didn't even wear like Michael Schofield is who for the audience? It's from 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 Prison Break. Yeah, I know. But okay. I wore I wore like the outfit that he has in the show. Like I had like the gray crew neck and then like the the blue dress shirt over top. Wow, like if you look gray at the crew pictures, neck and a blue and a blue shirt. Yeah, both those the thing, things thing. you did. A bit of when I when I when I like go into Halloween, yeah, I don't like to go all out for my costume, so I That's try to very find clear. That's I try very to find clear. the one that. So I've been Jim Halpert like six times. Yeah, again, <laughs> you're not doing Halloween. Ever. This isn't costumes. <laughs> this isn't what what you're doing isn't costumes. You're just being it's a white guy. Tactical outfits. <laughs> you're just being yourself wearing clothes. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, just... it, it, I, I call it tactical outfits. No, yeah, that's wrong. Nice try on the branding, but no, it's incorrect. Anyway, I just thought it was so funny where you're like, Schofield, I'm Schofield. And I was like, walking around, I was like, what are you talking about? You buzzed your hair. Congrats. Like, yeah. way to commit to the bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one knew who you were. You think one person... No, no, no. People did. People walked up to you. You're going to tell yeah. me. You're, yeah. you're going to tell me right now to my face. Yes. Okay. If you're lying right now, I'm you're not fired. Lying. I'm not lying. I got a couple other ones, but... Yeah. People guessed Michael Schofield. Like, that was, like, 70% of the guesses. Hmm. Jesse Pinkman was the other one. Here's, I got, here's like, the thing about this story from Joe is oh no, it's a lie. No, no, <laughs> yes, no, no, no. Pete, you're, you know, you're, like I said, your haircut is good. You're going on this vacation. Yeah. This is a destination wedding. It's a destination wedding, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt and Yeti Schaeffler, uh, good friends of mine, uh, best friends, um, getting married in Mexico. Uh, 
Really excited. Really excited. That's yeah, very sweet that you shouted them out. I don't care who they are, but I will tell you this. This is your first like post pandemic trip? Yes, I have not been I haven't left the country in yeah. a few years now. Yeah. That's nice. So, See I'm that's really, nice. Yeah. You get to do that. And this yeah. wedding, tell the truth, is there cuz you you were expressing some fear about a hotel room to me. Well, my friend uh, Tommy uh, just messaged me mentioning that there's a issue with the room. We'll mm-hmm. be rooming together uh, four of us and You're we rooming four people together? Four people together, oh, wow. two bedroom suite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that's fun. And Here's the thing. This is really fun if, so it's, it's a bunch of your bros. Yeah. That's fun. But tell the truth. Is There's there... just a conflict in the, uh, what would you call it? Division of the beds or the, uh, how the beds are being, uh, distributed. Here's the thing. You're the yeah. number one draft pick in the beds because you're tiny. That's already been used in a group chat. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you're my buddy boots where uh, when I go to a cottage with him, I'm like, I'm sleeping with boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mostly because he gets uncomfortable when I, you know, try to rub his back. <laughs> but he's also a tiny guy. But yeah, he gets sick. He gets sick. I'll take care of him. I'll take care of my buddy boots. No, you're definitely the number one overall draft pick in terms of getting uh, people in the bed with. Is it weird to have your buddies fight over you to sleep with you in the bed? Uh, no, no. It's like, it's okay. Ideally, I would get my own. Be- Ideally, everyone would get their own bed, you know? Um, is it though? Is it, a, is it a bro's trip if everybody sleeps in their own bed? I'd like to think so. Nah. This, nah. Uh, this oh, is the ideal oh. trip. The, oh, ideal, the only downside to this is if there's a girl there that you got that haircut for. Right, right. Mm. Is there a girl there that you got that uh, haircut Unfortunately for? not. Maybe. Unfortunately okay, so, not. Okay, but you're though. holding out hope. Uh, you know, it's You Mexico. haven't done the scouting report? You know, it's Mexico. No, I haven't <laughs> done the scouting report. No. You didn't, come on. You didn't ask the bride. No, 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 no. It's not that type of a... Aren't I'm you the like, best man? I'm a bridesman. Oh. Wait, you're in the... I'm in the, wedding party in the wedding for the bride side. Okay. Yeah. So this isn't your bro. But no, it is my bro. But he's not your bro first. If they divorce tomorrow, if they break up and they go, Pete, the wedding's off, hmm. you're only friends with her. Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't say that. No. Yeah. No. If it's bad, if it's ugly, tell the truth. If it was bad and ugly, would you I would feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, you would. But who would you choose? <laughs> um, say their names again. <laughs> uh, Matt and Yeti. Yeah. Um, you're going with Yeti. I would really like to think that we would stay friends, like all of us would stay friends. You wouldn't. I don't envision it being a messy divorce. <laughs> no, it would, like it would yeah. be. It would be really Knock bad. Knock on wood, too. I Honestly, don't wanna, like, if I know anything about, about yeah. Matt and Yeti, it's that it's doomed and <laughs> they are they are destined. No, they're for... high school sweethearts. Yeah, high school sweethearts. Oh, that's even yeah. worse. That's even worse. No, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, My parents worse. are high beautiful. school sweethearts. They stay yeah, together. it's a different time. It's a different time. <laughs> you know, it's a different time. Now, high school sweethearts, like, whoa. All right. Uh, okay, notebook. Seriously, congrats to them. But you never asked her, like, and actually, that's a good position to be in. I've done that, too. I've also been uh, a bridesmaid before. Oh, nice. Yes. I'm not even, like, I've been a bridesmaid. I was in the squad. Uh, I didn't go full out with the attire. I just had a pink tie, and I wore the same suit as the fellas. But it's a good good spot to be. I'm telling you. I think so, too, yeah. No, it's a really good spot to be, (laughs) right? It's a really good spot to be. It's a lot of... You're going to have a lot of attention, though. I thought you were best man. I thought that this was, like, your top dog bro. Ideally, but, I would have been best man, JD, you know. Uh, are you... You know, is that a shot Are you made of honor? Uh, no, I don't believe so, no. You don't believe so? You would know so by now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, you don't know do, by now. Do you have... Yeah, are you speaking? I'm still holding out hope. Uh, I was asked to give a speech. You um, said no. 
I said no. Wow, yeah, good guy uh, you are. Yeah, wow. No wonder. Oh, he's like, why am I not the best man? They're like, hey, will you give us a speech? He's like, no. No. It's like, I'm very close with both of you. That's the person that you want to give the speech. I'm thinking uh, I Why'd might you write choke? a speech on the plane and then ask if I can give it. Like, it's just like I don't wow. have anything so to So you have no idea how weddings work. <laughs> this is like first time, J.D. Yeah, this is the like, first wedding you've been to? No, no, no. I went to one earlier this summer, but like this is like... One of my first wedding experiences. I just love that you basically are just like, hey, this highly coordinated event. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just just now jump in last minute? Maybe if I feel like I have something to say. No, you had to do that earlier. If you write something down, you can do that and deliver it to them in private, but it won't be the same. That would be be more ideal. Yeah. I'd rather just tell them uh, how I feel and how happy I am for them rather than uh, give a speech to like... Their aunts and uncles. And yeah, stuff, well, you know, I don't know yeah, well, that's the whole point is you're <laughs> telling other people, you're letting other people in on what oh, this couple means oh, to you. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah, that's, that's why you give yeah. speeches yeah. at weddings yeah. so like the whole family can hear like these stories and <laughs> yeah. you know, share a big moment together. I don't together. care right, what right, the right. aunts <laughs> Pete is, it's funny because Pete's the supposed to be a nice guy but then he's sort of a dick, you know? Like he's just, you know, kind of be inconsiderate. So you have no idea what the girl situation is at this wedding. Um, I know there are some girls, but all oh, the yeah. girls in our friend group are like girlfriends of our guy friends. You but know? that's what I mean. It's a destination wedding. What do you mean? You're going to Mexico, <laughs> Pete. Is it Mexico You're going to wedding, Mexico. Yeah. Which means that either people are going as couples yeah. or people who are going as singles are hooking up. You realize this, right? See, I haven't been thinking about that, Jamie. How are yeah. you not thinking about that? You kidding that? me? Yeah, like, how are you not thinking about <laughs> he's that? He's been thinking about the this, letter he's going to th- write on the this plane. This is disappointing to me. Uh, this is really, you know, here's here's what no one is going to be saying to you in Mexico. It's time for action. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, <laughs> an official sports betting partner of the uh, NFL. Download the DraftKings app to get in on the action. Must be 19+. plus. Uh, must be in Ontario. Please play responsibly. Um, yeah, let's do a couple of of picks here before we move back into some some leaf talks with the fellas. And then, yeah, loaded ten o'clock hour. Donovan Bennett. Uh, he's got a new podcast coming out, which I'm very excited for. New show on the station. Uh, and then Ariel Hawani, my buddy, at ten thirty uh, to preview two UFC two eighty one. But first, uh, it's Wednesday, which means that we're picking the side of a line. This is going to go very very quickly. I basically just threw this in here because I wanted to land that joke on Pete. Uh, this was supposed to be like way, way shorter. Um, we've got a horrific Thursday night football game. I, I think this actually goes on the, can you, can you bet this in, in good, in good faith? Like, can you bet this and be feeling like you actually have a strong opinion about this game? Joe, I honestly don't think you can. I, like I was looking at this and I was thinking about it in the drive here. Like, like, like what am I going to lean? You know, Falcons, Panthers, but. I, I would lean the Falcons just because yeah. I think they're a better football team. I think they have more guys that can make plays. Tyler Algier, their 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 running back, who's been new in the scheme, has been really good in the absence of Cordell Patterson the last couple of weeks. Um, and they average 162 rushing yards a game, so there's something there. I, I think the Falcons win the game. Uh, Baker's going to play this game, right? Like they're going to go. I, I would back imagine to Baker. so. And do you remember? No, like, no it's PJ Walker. PJ Walker starting. Yeah, but you know. Short leash, maybe, or something. You know? that's a, it that's could just be a quarter. And then Sam Darnold's available as well if uh, Baker doesn't work out. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I'm expecting a good game, though, because remember what happened the last time they played? Yeah, this last is. Play this might game? be um, an entertaining game. This might be some points, but both these teams suck. Yeah. I think the over's hitting, though. Yeah. 
Because there's the, a play, it's probably the over. A couple weeks ago, 37 to 34, Atlanta won. I'm surprised they benched PJ Walker so early in that game, though, and that Baker came in and actually did some things. And I know that it's uh, it's all garbage time. Like I th- I'm pretty sure Cincinnati went up 35 nothing because it was the only game I watched basically none of. I think Joe, it might have been more than that, to be honest. Joe Mixon no, had no, no, five was, TDs, and it's yeah. like they will always be known to only Cincinnati fans because not a single person watched that game outside of Cincinnati. It was 7 nothing in a heartbeat, and then it was a runaway game. Yeah. So I have no idea really how it happened. I like Cincinnati's defense. They're good, but it's not like they've been... They, they haven't been the best defense in the NFL this year. This is not like, oh, P.J. Walker, we're coming back to you. He had that awesome, amazing week where... He's throwing down the field, him and DJ Moore showing connection a couple weeks in a row, and then he's benched. And I really did think that maybe they would go back to Baker. I just don't know what the point is of going back to PJ after you bench him like that. Anyway, um, I'm on the Falcons too. I just think the same thing, that they're going to be able to run the football. Yeah, It's like, what am I most sure of of this game? It's that the the Falcons can run, right? Corderell came in, he ran the ball. I think he scored two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Algier scored as well. That's what I mean. Like they just they have guys, they have good run blocking schemes. I mm-hmm. trust Arthur Arthur Smith. This division's so tight that I don't feel like, again, you can bet this and feel awesome about either way. I'm not laying the points. I'm just gonna be betting the Falcons on the money line at minus one fifty five as road dogs. Yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta also doesn't take fouls. Or um p- p- penalties. penalties, sorry. Uh they yeah, they they <laughs> Sorry, okay. penalties. I slept they, like they, two hours last night, yeah. so I'm just I'm barely I'm barely here. We, we we talk about a lot of sports in the show. Sometimes my terminology get mixed up, but uh-huh. they they don't take penalties. They're second in the league, and they only take four point three penalties a game, only behind the Rams, surprisingly. So that makes sense though, because they run block yeah. all the game, right? So you're run blocking, yeah. run blocking. You're more likely to take a holding penalty on a, a pass play than you are a run mm-hmm. play, and so that's that's probably a lot of it. The discipline of that offense. Yeah. And a discipline against a team is two and seven can go a long way. Mm. So, yeah, rocking with the Falcons. So and that's the over. so we're all just unified on the Falcons. Mm-hmm. You're gonna dissent, Austin Mackey. Oh man, I'm XFL MVP PJ Walker. He gets it back this week, I think. So okay, cover see, three go. points. That's Falcons there. aren't good enough. Come on now, boys. Okay. See. This one? <laughs> Sorry, Austin. Come on now, boys. Sorry, Austin. I like that you were. T- like, I was like, no one can really pick to be definitive on the cell. Austin's like, ah, come on now, boys. How could you do this? Uh, okay, so that was time for action. Brought to you by DraftKings, uh, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We'll do a prop parlay tomorrow without Pete from this game. Um, I still, God, it's all going to be everyone fighting over the Falcons rush, and maybe some DJ Moore. Uh, maybe Drake London. Is that what you want for tomorrow? I like Drake London, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not locking that in. I don't Here's want that the thing. in my official I have picks. Drake London on one of my fantasy teams. I do too, yeah. And it's like week one. I, I thought, boy. I found the guy. And mm-hmm. then the Falcons throw eight times a game. Yeah. So nobody gets the rock. And then finally, Kyle Pitts is seeing the football, which means, like, I, I have no idea. As our, how's our guy doing? Because I feel like I, he's been on my bench stapled for the entire season since game one or since game two. From a fantasy perspective, uh, nothing. Yeah, yeah there's <laughs> nothing. I was going to say, he's just, I've never looked at his stats and gone, I need to put this guy back in my lineup. Yeah, but he's, uh, I, he is one of, like, Mariota's, like, favorite targets. So one of two, one of two. Yeah. yeah. One Maybe of two for the eight passes that Mariota throws a game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> for, 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 for the 16 <laughs> yeah. attempts that he has. Yeah, No, Drake London, poor guy is apparently, Hey, Drake London, he gets, he and Kyle Pitts both get the benefit of the doubt of, Hey, these guys might be awesome. 
We'll never know, yeah. but maybe they're good. As long as Marcus Mariota's there, as long as they run the ball as much as they do, as much as they refuse to throw the ball down the field, we'll just never know what's up with those guys. Anyways, that was Time for Action, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app to get in on the action. Must be in Ontario. Must be 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. So, yeah, Pete's got his haircut. Pete's going to his wedding. Joe got his haircut. So that he could lie about his Halloween costume success and then took a, a week off. Yeah. Your hair, it was definitely a lie. No one walked up to you and said, You're Michael Schofield from people, Prison Break. People did. Dude, you, Prison Break, how many years ago was Prison Break on television? Like, people my age still watched it. I'm not like 10 years I'm old. Not, on Netflix after it's it was really on, big on uh, Netflix. Cable. Like, it was yeah. like, Front Netflix page. is a streaming site, JD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that the listen, young people use. Don't you yeah. dare! I remember Netflix when it was DVDs. All right, <laughs> you would rent. <laughs> like that's that's called Blockbuster. Yeah, Prison Break premiered in 2005. When did it come out on Netflix? I want to move off this topic. I swear, but I like <laughs> I I just there's just no way that a show from 2005 that involves a guy with just a shaved head. People walked up to Joe and went. Are you this obscure character? Like, if you would have had I the swear. prison break map on the back thing, and you walked around the tarps tattoos. off, and you had all the tattoos, I could, I could believe it. But you just wearing a jumper, like not even the prison jumper. You weren't wearing like the prison. They don't wear outfit. a prison jumper in the show, though. What, what about when they're in prison? They don't. If you look it up, he wears like the gray crew neck with the blue dress shirt Fine. and the black pants. Fine, I'll accept this lie. I'll just, I'll accept this lie just to get off of it. It's like the idea that people are. Like, are you from 2005's hit show, <laughs> The Prison Break? People no know way. who Michael Schofield is. Yeah. Though. All right, tweet me, DM me, let me know if you think yes, that Joe please. is actually tweet, doing that. Tweet there's and support absolutely, me. There's absolutely no way. No, tweet, no one's going to support. Tweet and support me. No one's absolutely. No, absolutely, no one's going to support you on this. No, all no, right. no, no. I think some people. Will. The young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, a couple of things from yesterday. Do you guys see uh, Ryan Reynolds at the Suns game? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing yeah. the Canucks, by the way. Huge ovation from the crowd. Really surprised. Uh, even the players, too. Um, Tim Stutzel and... Uh, what, why do Brady people Kachuk? care about the Canucks thing? Just because he's from Vancouver? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just... it was just two teams kind of playing each other. And yeah. the Canucks tweeted. Uh, they replied to the, the NHL tweet of Ryan Reynolds being at the game. And they were like, definitely here to watch his hometown team. Yeah. And the Canucks replied to it and said that. That's kind of funny, though, because I actually do like picturing all the Sens fans giving him a standing ovation. But the Canucks won that game. Uh, Sens fans are all just giving him a standing O, and he's standing there going, I'm actually rooting against you. <laughs> like, maybe <laughs> if I own this team someday, I'll care about you. But that's not how this works. I don't have an allegiance for you right now. He does. Here's the thing, though. Most celebrities, and I actually believe this. They're so used to playing the game, which is, hey, get along with as many people as possible and never really have a strong opinion one way or the other, right? It's mm-hmm. why a guy like Jim Carrey stands out so much when he has a, just a, an opinion on something. You go like, holy crap. Or remember when Ricky Gervais did the speeches, that, uh, which one was the Golden Globes? Golden yeah. Globes. He yeah. did those one speeches, he ripped everybody and everyone went, oh my God, he'll never get to do this again. And he was like, yeah, I don't want to do this again, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> Normally, the Hollywood move is to be the Jimmy Kimmel type where it's just, hey, I like everybody and everything. And if anything, I'll take one strong position hard against, you know, like Donald Trump. You know, like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Um, yeah. Everyone's doing that. Yeah. That's kind of safe. Reynolds, I bet you, believes that he cheers for both teams. Like, I bet you he, you could give him the truth serum and he would go, which one of these is your favorite teams? He would be like, both. 
And then he'd be like, what, do you like the Leafs? He'd be like, yes. <laughs> what not be a no, it's like, yeah. it's like, you know how Snoop Dogg wears all the NHL jerseys and yeah. fan bases get excited when he's wearing them and they go like, no, he's an LA Kings fan. He's a this fan. It's like, no, no, no. He's a nothing fan of the, no. he doesn't care. His allegiance is to the stadium that he is in yes. that day. And that's that was what, that's what artists do. They yeah. wear the jersey of the city they're in. But I just, I thought the Reynolds thing was a little over the top from Ottawa. It was a little too much. Hey, hockey is a please like my sports sport, right? Yeah. And Canada is a please like our country country. Yes. It's a tough combination. Yes. <laughs> a, and I thought that last night was the epitome of that for Ottawa, a standing ovation for a guy that, yeah, of course wants to own a hockey team or have be the face of a hockey team that he cannot afford. It's incredible. Like imagine doing that. Imagine going into Balenciaga today and being like, <laughs> I really would like it if someone would buy me some clothes in here and all of the employees stand up and they're like, yes, <laughs> yes, man. Thank you for coming here. We're so stoked. They this guy likes to, wants to wear our clothes, wants to wear our garbage bags. I think that Balenciaga is a troll. Like, by the way, I think that, oh, 100%. I think that rich people are all just in on it and they wear this trash to see if us poors will actually buy it. And they go, Hey, Let's see what kind of... Again, it's derelict. It's derelict from Zoolander. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah. guys get that reference. Oh, Maybe not, it. Joe. Yeah, I get it. But yeah, that's what it is. It's like, it's it's homeless fashion. It's it's yeah. trash bags and they're trying to sell them. I actually think that Balenciaga did try to sell a trash bag for like a th like $2,000. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. were like, these are custom made Balenciaga well, it, it, bags. It was a jacket, but it just looked like a trash bag. Yeah, either way, this is a troll. But yeah. my point here is just simple, is that it's a little too... It's a little too hungry by the people of Ottawa. Your they, love, your thirst for Ryan Reynolds. And this is coming from me, a guy who's living in Toronto where people just like freaked out over the rock showing up. Mm -hmm. But that was different. That was just, hey, welcome to our city and thank you for doing your mm -hmm. thing that you do at games now. It was also a, a surprise. Nobody knew he was going to be there. They were like, hey, here's the rock. And then he came out of the tunnel. And yeah, it was. Like, it was. It was a surprise. It was cool. Yeah. And he was promoting a movie. He came to Toronto. He's wearing the gear that was way too tight. Caught the chant Just, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could he have at least gotten two seconds of that? I still feel like, yeah. Let's I, go Leafs. Uh, yeah. But uh, JD, what are you going to do now that uh, the Powerball was won in California last night? I can't buy uh, sense. You have no funds. No. Know? The river's no, dried pretty, up. I'm pretty devastated about it. I won't yeah. lie. It Again, ended up being over two billion dollars, which is yeah. wild. So I saw that after taxes, though they only got like six hundred mil. I can't confirm this. I only saw it as a Twitter. No, but no, but <laughs> only six hundred. No, but million. hear me out. If I was trying to buy the cents, oh, that would have yeah ruined everything. Ruined yeah. it. Yeah, I'd have been like, I would have won my two billion dollar Powerball. I would have been so excited. I would have been. Thinking like this is going down. I'm buying the sense. Like this is really happening for me. I'm sitting down and I'm regretting that someone gave uh, Claude Giroux that contract a year from now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like I'm, I'm going. When do I get to stop paying Matt Murray's twenty five percent to the Maple Leafs? I don't like doing this. Do you know how much that would suck? By the way, being an owner who didn't come from a ton of money, just like not uber wealthy and paying bad contracts people get so mad at melnick right they say yeah. i would be so relating to melnick immediately yeah. two weeks on the job the first time you watch the guy have no effort that you gave a big contract to like could you imagine just being yeah. down there in a dresser like i'd be like, good game tonight <laughs> <laughs> you going somewhere fun after this like yeah no i bet yeah. <laughs> like that would be me 100 i'd be such a petty owner i'd be hated immediately but still uh it would be crushing 
I'd be thinking I'm going to buy the Sens, and then all of a sudden they cut me my check for $600 million, and I would go, where's the rest of it? And they would be like, what do you mean, where's the rest of it? I just, like, that was a lot of tax. You just need 51, though, 51%, though, right? And then Ryan Reynolds and everyone else can take the take the rest. Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. I think that that's, it's weird. It's still weird to me that you would want to be part of the consortium. Mm. Like, you're either the owner of the team or you're not. Like, you're True. just... Like, so what? Now you're basically paying extra money to have seasons tickets that you don't go to anyway? Like, how many games Ryan Reynolds going to go to? Five? That's a good question, yeah. Not a lot. He'll go to the games where it's like they're in L.A. Like, it's just a weird thing where he wants to be a quote-unquote owner. He obviously wants to be like the Jay-Z was the owner. of. Remember when people thought Jay-Z was the owner of Brooklyn Nets? Mm-hmm. That was funny. You know, like, Jay-Z is the owner of this team. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he is not. He owns, like, 0.01%. He's got, he buys seats. <laughs> That's yeah. what it turned out, is, is that Jay-Z bought seats to a game one time, and that was how he basically became the owner of that team. Might be the owner of the commanders. No, but that's hilarious. He'd be the exact same thing. Like, that's, we've already been down this road yeah. before. Like, Jay-Z's yeah, not, Jay-Z doesn't have $7 billion. He doesn't, like, does he have a billion? Maybe. I don't know. I'd I assume would, so, yeah. I don't know. It's like, again, this is one of those things where it's like, unless, unless he's making a ton of money off of something else, like, I don't think it's his clothing line. I can't remember the last time I saw someone wearing like Rockaware. Like, yeah. I don't think that that's really taken off anymore. Unless he he's got a music app too. Tidal? 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 Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't Isn't think that, that just makes... like a failed app. Like, uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Tidal sucks so app. bad that Kanye was like in his prime going, I'm only putting this on Tidal. And, and people were like, we'll steal it. it. Yeah. That's, we talked about this. Yeah, you it's said the, it's the, the most... most pirated album of all time. <laughs> yeah. It's been pirated over 10 that million was, times. That's the legacy of Tidal is like, all it did was make people learn how to steal music better. It set a record not for itself. God, that's so funny. Yeah. No, I don't think that that's crushing it for him. I, I will add to Ryan, he gets a combined wealth, him and Beyonce, I think they're in the billion. They got mm-hmm. the B. They got the B, the combined 100%. B. But I don't think that he solo is the B. No. I will add though, Ryan Reynolds also owns a soccer team in Wales. Yeah, but it's so I looked up that team's value. They bought it for like yeah. a couple million dollars. And also you gotta figure that this was also part of a content deal, right? Yeah. That when they did this, who did they do it with? Amazon or Netflix? Netflix. Yeah, that Netflix went, yeah, don't worry, we'll kick over some cash on this. Netflix is just, if you can get something on Netflix, that's the dream. They'll just give you money for whatever you want. Like, there's so much bad stuff on Netflix, and I always just wonder, how hard is it to just pitch something to them? Like, could you catfish Netflix? (laughs) You know, like, could you you somehow catfish Netflix? That'd be a good Netflix documentary. Could you catfish? Maybe let's do that. Don't tell anybody that, (laughs) all right? Keep it in this room. We never said that. (laughs) Yeah. Keep that Keep idea. in this room. Yeah, I, keep, I will add though, yeah. like, uh, like to your point about Reynolds, mm-hmm. like if he owned the Senators, he would only like as part of a consortium, he'd only be there a couple of games a year because he's also very involved with that team and that doc and like that documentary. So if he owned both of them, he would only be at like a couple of games for either team and then just end up being like a tag along. Yeah, but who, but who thinks thing. that he actually wants to be involved? This is the point. Uh, this is why I'm just like, it's kind of funny that Sens fans are so geeked up about his presence there. Is just like, he's not actually trying to... I would get it if you thought, man, there's actually a rich guy out there that wants to buy the Sens and mm-hmm. wants to just like all of a sudden turn the organization into a top dog tier team. Maybe, I guess, some Sens fan has convinced themselves that some billionaire will want to pay to be friends with Ryan Reynolds, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, that he'll go, you know what? This makes even more sense to me. No way. Like, I don't care. No rich guy is that desperate to hang out with Ryan Reynolds. They could make that happen anyways. Mm-hmm. So that side of the appeal is gone. So what is the appeal of having Ryan Reynolds as a part of your franchise? 
It's like it's the likability. I just I don't really get it that he's just a celebrity and he acknowledged the Sens and that who's the Sens' most famous celebrity fan before Ryan Reynolds? I know that uh, Matthew Perry's from Ottawa, so maybe it's him. Mm. But Matthew Perry used to bully Justin Trudeau. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a curveball. Yeah, like, I was not expecting yeah, that. Yeah, I just like, remember that story being, uh, hearing that story and yeah. being like, "Wow, that is nice. interesting." <laughs> yeah, Matthew Perry, stock up. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I think it's just the likability. It's just everybody likes Ryan Reynolds. Oh, he wants to buy the Suns. We're in. I think that's. But he doesn't want to buy the Suns. No, I know. And but he's that, even that's, saying it on record, like he's still getting cheered. No, but there's not even a facade. That's my point. Is like he's literally being like, "I need a sugar daddy to buy this team," and people are going like, "Yes, someone <laughs> get him some more money, get him yeah. a sugar daddy." I. Do you know what? Actually, this is the new take. This is where I want to end this. The new take. Ryan Reynolds is actually making it crappier, because now whoever wants to buy the Suns is like, "I can't be the guy." Ah, uh, mm. true. Like Ryan Reynolds gets all the credit. Ryan Reynolds gets all the love and he's going to spend 50 bucks on the team. Whereas I'm supposed to drop 600 mil yeah. and I'll be around and I'll be doing all the day to days. I think owning a sports team is the best thing that you can do with your money. That's the like, I agree. I just, I think if you're rich, that's the coolest thing that you can do. There's a reason why these things are going for seven bill. People go like, I'd get a yacht and I'd go away. And I'm like, why? That's boring. Like that's cool for a little while, but that's a vacation. Yeah. Uh, the best thing you can do is have a vacation after you've done something, mm -hmm. right? Like, that's why people get bored in retirement. They have to have things to do. Like, I don't want to just get money and retire. I would want to still be able to be invested in things, and owning a sports team would be awesome, especially if you're a billionaire. You probably like the limelight to a certain degree, right? Unless you're yeah. doing super shady stuff, and then you're like, yo, nobody look at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, they're like, you're a billionaire. You're like, no, I'm not. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. You don't yeah. know my name. You don't know my name. Yeah, nobody knows who I am. That kind of billionaire is a different story. But if you're a competitive billionaire, um, you're likely, very likely, trying to one-up people, trying to be in the public eye, doing all that different stuff. And that's why the Sens are such a beautiful thing, is that you don't have to fork over the $7 billion to be the commanders. And yeah, owning an NFL team would probably be a little bit cooler than owning the Suns, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> probably a little bit cooler. Is it that much cooler owning the Phoenix Suns, though? Uh, right now, maybe. Is it? Yeah. I mean... Okay, yeah, but I'm just saying fair, it's cool. Though, it, you get a brand new stadium in Canada where it's hockey starved. You get to be like the savior owner of the Ottawa Centers. I don't think that the price point difference from the Sens and the Suns is a, is fair. Like, is not appropriate? Like, it, I'm sure it, it makes sense from the standpoint of like the actual finances yeah, of right. it. And it's cool to be an NBA owner. More people know who you are internationally. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. I'm saying the actual experience of owning the Ottawa Senators versus the experience of owning mm. the Phoenix Suns. I don't think should be separated by like whatever it is, like $6 billion. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'd rather buy the Sens and be my, like if you're a billionaire, like you have 1.5 billion, you have 2 billion, you have 3 billion, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think the Sens are a sick buy for you. You'd never be able to be in on any of those franchises. Yeah. That's probably why Ryan Reynolds even likes this to some degree is he's like, yeah, I can actually drop a couple million in this and it will yeah. matter. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, he can't show up to the commanders and go, I have $5 million. <laughs> They're like, uh, that's literally that's what we pay the trainers. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like that's that's a year of the trainers. That's a year of the tubs that we put into yeah. our facilities. Like, no, this is nothing. This doesn't matter. That's halftime of the Bud Light sales we do on yeah. one day. So it's you, fine. You definitely keep the sends in Ottawa. Hell yeah. Oh, Hell yeah. yeah. Well, no. you can, no, move them into Ottawa. Like, yeah, yeah. Move them downtown. Move to Ottawa. Okay, interesting. Instead yeah. of being like this, you know, 
outside no, man, the I got, city. I've got family in, in that area. I'm, I'm all about that area. I went to college at Carleton. Like, I, I'm about Ottawa. I love Ottawa. Mm. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I'm about it. And, but I will say the thing that sucks about Ottawa is that, yeah, the bar scene is not the greatest. It's just the downtown scene is just a little dry, and it, and it dies out pretty early. And I think that if you had a hockey team there, it would be yeah. the thing in town. Like, there's, yeah. it just it doesn't have that cool hub in the city. And it isn't really an awesome sports town. It actually does really well when soccer is there. Mm-hmm. Soccer killed. Well, they had the U21 World Cup when I was there in university, and it was just like, it was the bomb. Mm-hmm. And I know the Red Blacks have done better. Yeah, Red Blacks have done better since they came back. When I was at school, it was sadly, I'm old. It was the Renegades, and it ended while I was there. And uh, we went to go see Ricky Williams. <laughs> and in my first year of university, he was with the Argos. And yeah, we thought we were going to go watch him basically be a video game, and he got like five snaps. <laughs> it's like, no, but it was just, it, it, in our yeah. eyes, we thought, oh, my God, an NFL player? Like, we were really yeah. dumb. He's going to play in the I CFL. I remember when he came back. Yeah. yeah, it was like, oh, my God, this is going to be embarrassing for these guys, Ricky. And then it was just like, oh, actually, guys in the CFL are really good. By the way, that's something I got to bring up with Donovan when I get him in here. Um, I'm debating whether or not I'm going to go to this game on Sunday. I think I'm going to go. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. I'll I, be in Mexico. Oh, yeah. thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. Not hooking up, apparently. <laughs> yeah. 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 You'll be in Mexico <laughs> sleeping with the bros. Farts yeah. in the room. Three dudes in the bed. <laughs> the fellas getting pink eye. Uh, yeah, don't get sick because then all of you are going to get sick. Pete, by the way, is just terrified walking around here of getting sick. Like, he's just freaking. Joe he's drank water. I know. <laughs> Joe drank water in the hub and it went down the wrong, like, it went down the wrong pipe. And, and I Pete, coughed a little bit. Pete, you looked at Joe. Honestly, you looked at Joe like he... <laughs> He said something about your family. Like it was he, a very heavy cough, and it yeah. worried me. I'm a very anxious person. Yeah, so, that's very uh, clear. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like it was a heavy uh, cough, but like I, I just drank water and I just went down the road. Yeah, but I didn't see the water, and I just assumed it was like, oh my god, Joe is just spreading so <laughs> many germs, right spewing now. the flu yeah, yeah. over the entire hub. Joe, what do you think of the Cooperalls? I loved them, dude. I hate them. They're so I, ugly. Okay, I would. I don't want them to bring them back full no, time. They're so bad. But for the warm up, I no. liked them a lot. It was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing about the reverse retros, right? It's like a uh-huh. breath of fresh air. Hockey teams have traditionally just been, you know, like home away, maybe a third jersey. The reverse retros are dope. I like Philadelphia's. I'm not a fan of the Flyers, but I like Philadelphia's. I like that they brought them back for the warm ups. Like, You're our design guy, and this is tough. It's like this is the. They're weird... not. They're not my favorite. They're, they're out not of the, out of the set. They're really not great. I'm just. I think they're all right. I saw them and I went, why? Why did we have to do this? This the, the, the is the Cooper Alls or the jersey. Cooper Alls. The Cooper Alls are just something that we just needed to leave in the past. Like we make mistakes and some things don't need to come back. Mm-hmm. Those are one of them. But it was fine just for the warm up. Like it'd be different if they wore it. Like if they brought well, them you're back. You're not allowed as, like, to wear them in games. No, I know. But like it'd be different if they, if the NHL, like, yeah, you yeah. can wear them in games. And they're like, hey, we're bringing them back. I think that'd be a different, why can't you wear them in games? It, it, it just goes against the NHL's regulations yeah. and equipment. It's, and it's something, I, they said it on the broadcast the other day, and I thought about it, I went, okay, I guess so. It's something to do with safety measures, like you can slip oh, right. on the yeah, thing yeah. or they can get caught up and you can fall more easily, I guess, I don't know. The NHL has very strict rules on their equipment and like the, the uniforms and stuff you wear. It's like, that's why so many teams only have two jerseys. Uh, like aside from their first retro, it's like the Red Wings, like they only have their home and away usually. And it's not not necessarily because of... Where the hell are the Leafs reverse? Like, where are their... Oh, uh, like, November November 17th? November 15th, I think? A lot of them are being debuted next week. Like, most of them are. 
I just figured like they would be rolling these out sooner. You also, you also, you couldn't buy them the November for like a 15th week. Game? You also couldn't uh, buy no, them for no, a week. No, it'll be November 17th, I think, versus the Devils. Huh. Um, that's I sneaky that's now a good game. All yeah. of a sudden, the Devils are relevant, yeah. which is kind of cool. That You know, I will say this. is Again, I don't normally really care too much about other teams around the league. I watch hockey out of more... I don't want to say obligation for doing that, but like we watch so much sports on this job that watching out of market hockey usually has to be a really good matchup for me, right? I don't watch for an individual usually. I watch for the matchup. And I've been watching more Devils this year. Like they played the Flames last night, took some in. Um, yeah, just the Devils are a team where everybody's kind of hyping them now. Everyone's talking like the record is really great. And so now you're kind of like, okay, I got to check in on this. I got to watch a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually excited for those games. This, this year it does feel like... Um, there are more good teams than people expected in the NHL. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like there are more good teams than we thought there would be. Uh, Sens got way too hyped. They're like the, but they're a huge disappointment. But who else mm-hmm. is like a massive disappointment to start the year? Like Penguins because of the losing streak. They've been really bad. Yeah. Flames had some pretty, dis- had pretty disappointing run. I guess are, Canucks, but yeah, I would say but, Vancouver. Probably, but who yeah. thought, who thought Vancouver was going to be a contender this year? Like no one thought that. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that anyways. Maybe I just had lower expectations, but it feels like there are a lot of teams that are just kind of exceeding expectations. And there are some teams where they're going like, Oh wow, this, this is a like good team. Now Islanders are back. Mm -hmm. Islanders look legit. Yeah. Penguins. I have Colby on this week. Like we're going to run back Colby, Mm -hmm. Mr. Penguins, Mr. Spit and Checklets, et cetera, or Chicklets, et cetera. He won't, I don't know if he'll tell the full truth because he won't want to believe it yet, but. Yeah, it's 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 probably done there. Really? Yeah, it's probably done. It's funny because they've like I watched their game against the Bruins. They were really competitive and they blew the lead and mm-hmm. Boston came back. But yeah, it just it's really hard for me to believe that that Penguins team is going to round in some awesome form. Like they just don't look good. Like the goaltending isn't good. The blue line isn't good. Uh, yeah, they've just got aging forwards. I just don't see it. I, I don't think that's going to end up being the case. By the way, quickly, uh, before we take a break. I do want to say Rodion Amarov. Right, yeah. I saw that update. Um, he's unable to train yeah. because uh, he's still undergoing treatment. But um, he's been receiving well wishes online and from the team. Yeah, I, I will say that it's... God, I'm rooting so hard for this kid to get back. I know that everybody is, and that's an easy thing to say, but holy crap, the hand that he's dealt is, like, it's a really, really scary one. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not, from my understanding, um, something that is, like, an easy recovery. This is not, like, a... It's not, like, getting dealt any type of cancer is, like, good one. Like, not to do the Curb Your Enthusiasm bit here, but it's just, like, this is a really, really scary one. This is a really, really tough one. I don't don't know if he'll ever resume his career again, Mm -hmm. but... If he ever does, if he ever is able to, like, yeah, that I, I just imagine that he'd be one of the most popular players to ever grace this city. Like, everybody's just rooting for this guy in yeah. every single way. Anyway, um, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Um, my old podcast partner from Free Association, Donovan Bennett, he's doing a show on the station. Basically, the station now is just guys I've done podcasts with, guys I've done shows with. Donovan, Blake, Ailish, Ben. Give me a show with Jeff Blair. Or get me a show with Jeff Merrick, and we've done it. Pete and I are next. <laughs> you guys are never getting a show. It's you, just, yeah. You, you don't want to see Pete and Joe in the morning? 
Are you kidding me? Courtesy of Pete for that name. That's not my idea. <laughs> I, I actually could tell it was Pete's because he looked up at the sky like, Joe, I said that in private. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you tell people? Why did you tell? You, you put it on your Instagram story. No, it's not hey, private. Listen, though, I will tell you this, is that one thing I have learned in this industry is like if you have a good name for something, you got to keep it for yourself in case you do end up doing something on your own. Hmm. I never said it. Yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, so Pete and Joe in the mo uh you might you can use that one, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Use that we have the coast. All right, quick break, come back, Donovan Bennett, and then Ariel Hawani in the ten o'clock hour. All right, new shows. Old friends. Donovan Bennett. He's in studio. I actually didn't know that you weren't on today. No, yeah, no show. Yeah, well, I was told that your show debuted today from someone else. That's why I was like, yeah, this is it. And then I looked at the schedule, and it wasn't you, and you're still in studio, though. You're a good guy. You like, have bad sources, evidently. Yeah, I mean, that's been very obvious for, like, a really long time. <laughs> it's like I'm not tapped in around the building. Like, I do my best. You're starting Monday. Yes. Yeah. Were you supposed to start today? No. Were you supposed to start this week? N- not really, no. Okay, so all there, of my sourcing is there just was wrong. A, there was a... There was a slim chance that if mm-hmm. the World Series ended super quick okay. and uh, Blair and Barker, who previously were in the time slot, uh, wrapped uh, baseball up, that we, then we would start early. But m- it was pretty evident that the World Series wasn't going to go four games as some people thought it was going to going into it because everyone was super heavy on the Astros. Yep. Uh, and once it went to essentially the weekend, uh, then no, it was always going to be the, the 14th. So... Do you, want to, do you want to just put your source on Front Street? No, I'm, yeah, just a little devastated that it happened this way. Because I wouldn't have asked you to come and see it. Like, I feel like a bit of a jerk. It's like you have to do a lot of stuff. You're a busy man. you got it's a okay. lot of different projects. Okay. So going deep. Yes. You're going to be on after this show. Yes. Uh, I'll try to hold the, the lead in audience. No, man. Like, you're good at this job. Like, you're very, it's, there's, and here's the thing. There is no lead in audience. Like, you can't hold what doesn't exist. Um I'm excited to have you in this format, man. Like, uh, this is like your project. Like, this is your thing. We've done a podcast in the past together. You've been like, you're just a man of many talents. Like, you do a lot of things. I know you have your like CFL podcast. And yes. yeah, and we're talking a little CFL today, by the way. Yeah, sure. I got to go talk whatever you want. I know. I, yeah, we're talking about what we're talking about a whole bunch of things today, buddy. But yeah, um, why did you start to do this now? It's a good question, and I, I'll, I will push back and say that it isn't my project. I would say it's my and Show Ali's project. You're a very humble guy. Is I no no I is Show does Show have his own custom uh, <laughs> painting on the cover of the podcast? Not yet. But where's my LeBaron Freddie? Like there's no. We're working on it. <laughs> All right. Um, no, because I say this. Uh, there's a lot of things in sports, and you know this. Uh, hosting a show mm-hmm. with me, things I think I think. Like, they're like half-baked takes. I'm not really all the way there. And so, for me, a big part of the show will be, me and show, mm-hmm. like, working out the things I think I think in my head. And him essentially being, like, the therapist and I'm sitting on his couch being like, ah, actually, you got to consider this, this, and this. Or, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's some truth to that. Because a lot of the issues that we're hoping to tackle in this show, how sports intersects with gender and race and politics and finance and tech and science and celebrity. They're not, well, sometimes they are black and white, but, but a lot of times there's area and room for gray. And I think that's, you know, essentially where um, we're going to play and we're going to do it not just with help of show, but hopefully 
with the help of some good guests. So whether it's athletes or executives who are big names who've done great work or journalists who are doing great work and great research or actual experts. Like mm -hmm. a lot of times in sports, we think we're an expert on topic, but sometimes we should say like, well, I know Tua looks like he's concussed and that doesn't look good, but like what does an actual expert have to say about what they saw and what was or wasn't problematic on how his return to play was handled? So, so that's the the goal of uh, the podcast. And, and hopefully if I'm doing it right, I'm asking some questions both rhetorically and to our guests that people at home mm -hmm. are thinking. And hopefully if I'm doing it right, I'm asking some questions of myself and our guests that people at home weren't thinking and maybe didn't even, uh, you know, think to examine. So, so that's the goal. Well, it's the right format for those topics. Um, I think you're the right host for a lot of the things that you want to tackle. Um, I have a lot of confidence that you'll get on a lot of those right people. Uh, like I said, I know I've done work with you before. I know how you, I know the way that you prepare. Um, you're probably going to have to let show in on some of your ideas earlier. I know you're like a big, like save it for the show guy. <laughs> He's like, show is going to have to get like a little bit of a heads up for some of the people you want. Uh, he can't give him the text at like 10 o'clock in the morning being like, here's what I'd like today. But I like this format. I like this idea. I will say like, hey, just honestly, like are you intimidated to do a little bit of this? Because like a lot of those subjects are tough and it's not exactly like, you know, I come on here and I get to do a lot of like, frankly, stupid, silly stuff. You know, like today we talked about Ryan Reynolds owning the Sens. And I guess you did talk about celebrity and you said that that would be a component of that. But like we did like 15 minutes on how... Ottawa is soft for, you know, liking him too much or giving him too much credit for something that like he hasn't done yet and he hasn't put any money towards and has openly admitted that like he's only going to spend a little bit of cash on. Like this, the stuff you want to do is going to end up being a lot more serious in tone, I think anyways, if it is like somewhere closer to what you're talking about. Yeah, like that, that can be tougher to just kind of keep an opinion on or just present in a way that you can just have a lot of confidence behind. The Reynolds example is a great one because, you know, when you look at our audio network lineup, you've got your show and, and shows after me, and, and the Reynolds angle that you guys will take is super entertaining and fascinating. I want to, you know, uh, go back and listen to it. But, you know, the angle that I would take would be, well, let's look, what has he done for Wrexham? Like, what is the power of celebrity yeah. that, you know, TikTok is now... A TV show. On the, on, well, the TV show, which is... Yeah. On FX here in Canada, uh, we're uh, Rogers employees and uh, loyal ones, so watch uh, yeah, you're on way, demand. Here's a, here's a fact. You're a way better Rogers employee than me. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, that's, that's just like unassailably true, but yeah. No, so what is, what is the actual power of celebrity? Like everyone has capital mm -hmm. to a certain extent. You can put money into the club. You can put resources, but we are in the attention economy, and there's a value to – forget about sponsors wanting to be tied to the club – Sponsors wanting to be tied to you, mm -hmm. and how can that help uh, the Senators? And quite frankly, how can that help the NHL? Like, we're talking about what it could do in Canada, in the smallest, I would say, in terms of um, finance and interest market uh, in Canada. When you look at overall in the NHL, if we were stacking the leagues in terms of prominence and visibility in the U.S., Mm -hmm. The NHL is obviously behind the NFL and the NBA and MLB, but it's also behind college football. It's, you know, soon going to be, if they're not careful, behind, if not already, F1. Uh, oh, it's definitely behind F1. In U.S., you think so? 
Yeah, gotta so, be. You think so? F1 blew up this lot. Like, did you get in on F1? I was in. So I'm... I'm I'm, well, I'm kind of out now. I'll admit. Well, <laughs> so I, I was in, and now I'm out. My relationship to F1 is solely via drive to. That's what I'm survive. saying. Is until like, in that fact, season, comes I don't out. even want to yeah. know what happens throughout the yeah. year because I want to experience it live. I know via the reality show. I, I, I think F1 is hot in certain markets. I don't know if it's as big across the board, but it's it's a it's a great um, it's a great comp. Something I'd love to actually ask an expert on. So show if you're listening. We need to yeah. book someone. Yeah. Uh, but that, I think that is how I would tackle the Ryan Reynolds, uh, Ottawa Senators scenario, which is, you know, somewhat different than the way you would. But if I'm a listener, I, I want that compliment. I, you know, you, you want someone with great launch angle uh, like this show. And then you want someone in the lineup that can just like move a runner over, slap a bunt down every once in a while. And so uh, that's what we're hoping to do. Dude, the, the thing with the, the Reynolds thing is I, I, I would say I would contend anyways, is that we overrate that stuff. Like, did you... Did we overrate the power of celebrity? In this regard, in the fact of, like, sticking with the entertainment. Like, if you told me that Ryan Reynolds is going to do a show around the Ottawa Senators and he's going to be the owner like he does with the Wrexham FC, mm-hmm. is that what it is, Wrexham FC? Yeah. Okay, so if he's going to do that, I think that does draw a bunch of outside interest and people go, oh, my God, I'm going to watch the Sens. You might get involved. The thing that hockey really sucks at is the thing that F1 excelled at this year and what made F1 popular. Do you think that F1 all of a sudden became a much better product? Like people were like, oh my God, these cars, these machines. No, we got invested because of the personalities. We got inside access to the people in the paddock and we went, oh my God, like I like Daniel Ricardo. I'm a fan of this person. I'm a fan of that person. I'm now invested in Lewis Hamilton in a way that I never was before. You got to learn who these people were. Hockey sucks at that. Like, they do not really let people in. If they told me, hey, Ryan Reynolds is going to do a show and he's going to be around these players a little bit more, he's going to be an actual hands-on owner, and you're going to get to see what it's like uh, when Ryan Reynolds goes out for dinner with Claude Giroux, I would go, oh, man, this might be something. Ryan Reynolds having a loose affiliation and doing Deadpool and then showing up to a Senators game when Deadpool's about to get released so that he makes people... Actually, he's probably not even there because he has to be somewhere else way more important and he's already got that done. Him showing up in Ottawa once or twice a year and just kind of having his name affiliated with it, maybe adding a tweet or something like that, selling his tequila in the building. I just don't think that that's going to actually drive up any fan interest. I actually think that it's a bit of like... You're, you're getting your hopes up as a Sens fan that this might be something good when in reality, I just, like, remember when the Sixers had some people, celebra- like, Jay-Z is the Brooklyn Nets, so, like, did, you know, did any of this do anything? Like, did anybody watch the Brooklyn Nets more so for Jay-Z? I would actually say he did have a good impact because he brought in, like, cooler jerseys where he had an impact on, like, the fashion of the team. I don't think that's going to be the case with Ryan Reynolds. Like, they get a Deadpool jersey, like, he chose them because they're red. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, it seems kind of not a thing. See, what we're talking about is marketing, essentially, and is the fan interest going to go up on the senders? Maybe not, uh, but is the brand affinity going to go up? Like, look at the Dallas Mavericks, for example. Mark Cuban, who wasn't a celebrity before he owned them, yeah. uh, and now, you know, he's on Shark Tank. Yeah. Uh, but they had a face. They had a personality. It wasn't just a trust fund. It wasn't just someone who you didn't have a relationship with. Steve Ballmer in the same way but with, with the Clippers. they're every day. Sure. Ryan Reynolds is not going to be there every day. True, true. But the, if Eugene Melnick was there every day, mm-hmm. did, did people have a great relationship with the franchise because of him? Pro- no. Probably not, right? So he changes the calculation in terms of how you feel about this product. And again, I don't think TikTok wanted to sponsor Rexham FC 
because, mm-hmm. you know, they thought they were going to be promoted because Ryan Reynolds put resources in. That's interesting. I think TikTok sponsored... More brand partnerships. Uh, Rex MFC because they said, well, man, like, can can he, you know, have a partnership with us? Can he film a commercial for us? So on and so forth. And that's something that Ryan Reynolds could bang out in three hours for 15 different mm-hmm. partners. Uh, and that money is still spent on the on the product at the end of the day. So I know you're more of like a reality TV guy, yep. which, you know, I just, yes. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, you're above reality TV. No, I like sports. That's reality TV as it gets, right? Not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Uh, I actually do think that some reality TV is entertaining. Uh, I loved Love on the Spectrum. Like, that's one of my okay. favorite shows ever. Uh, I can't usually just like, and I grew up on some reality TV. Like, I'm... Like this, this is dating myself a little bit, but like I loved uh, Real World. Eliminate. Uh, no, I loved the like dating shows one. Remember Blind, Blind Date? Date? Yeah, yeah that Roger was just, Lodge. Yeah, yeah, who apparently like worked for the Ducks or something for a really long time. I used to try to get him on, and it never really happened. He was like studio host for the Ducks. So I, I don't want to poo-poo reality TV. My only point here was going to be. Has there ever been anyone like who can you think of that has made more of a career than Ryan Reynolds off of doing one character for like twenty years? Oof, that's a, oof, that's a good question. He's done one guy for twenty years, like Smart Alec, <laughs> and he's a baby face, so it still works for him. But he has done Smart Alec kind of party guy, fix him up guy who talks trash for twenty years. I don't know how much range Jim Carrey has. Oh, in that conversation as well. No way. Jim Carrey? You think he has great range? Yeah, dude. He did like Man on the Moon and then he does like Dumb and Dumber and like, yeah, Jim Isn't Carrey. Isn't that all cable guy? Isn't that the same no, kind of guy? No, 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 no. No, this is the disrespect to poor Jim okay, here. This is, this, right. is a, this is insane. Jim Carrey. I actually think that Jim Carrey is like, and this isn't my take. This is someone else's. But I totally agree with it. He should have a Best Actor Award. Like he's that caliber of an actor. Like he's got crazy range. Jim Carrey is in that in that mode to me. I'll have to go through the IMDb. Yeah, IMDb. It. I just you got a guy, Joe. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman's the same guy in pretty much everything he's in. But no, yeah. O- o- Ozark, Horrible Bosses, Arrested Development. Like yeah, he's Jason the same Bateman guy. does kind of have a little bit of that. They, there's little differences, but he's like pretty. Similar yeah, he does every... have a lot of the similar stuff. I will say that Ozark, he's pretty different than Arrested Development. True. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. No. But there's definite similarities. All right. So a couple of other things that I, I want to do. Hold um, on. One yeah. more. And I like yeah. this person, so it might be somewhat sacrilegious. But are we throwing Samuel Jackson in that conversation? Hmm. I'm trying to think about, like, recent Sam, yes. Past Sam, in his prime Sam, I don't know. But, like, yeah, there's been... Because Sam became sort of like a cameo guy for a very long time. But I think that if we went through the resume of, like, all of his different movies, like, I I think that we would... He's just done so much that I think it's hard to do that. So like, who's the answer for the opposite? And no, because he's done things like... You got to remember that he's done Early stuff like history. Django. And then he's, you know, where he's just very different. And then he's done stuff like... Yeah, through I would say basically just if you even went through, like, his Quentin Tarantino resume, he plays a lot of different guys in just that. So yeah, I'll I'll switch him up. I'll 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 take him off that list. Um, other things I wanted to do. Uh, so yeah, obviously we did free association. By the way, I had a guy. Uh, I got. I was very very intoxicated okay. after I got picked up by a friend. Uh, or sorry, by a, no, an Uber driver. But you know when you're like getting your dragon ass to the Uber, and the guy had to call my phone and got to voicemail multiple okay. times, and I got in the Uber, and it was a long Uber, dude. Like I was out in Joe's area. I was out in Oakville. 
And I had to pay for one of those to get back in the city. And the guy was like a huge free association fan. And oh, he started nice. like, just asking me like question after question. But I was just like, oh my God, like I can, like I need to sleep back here. You need to like just wake me up in 20 minutes. And we just had like a very, very long conversation oh, about the podcast. It's too much celebrity over here. Yeah, he just no, wants to was, be left alone. No, but actually, but the, the crazy thing was he just mostly asked me questions about you. And I just think I was mumbling in the backseat going like, he's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> like over and over again, like he, he's a really great guy. So there should <laughs> be, there yeah. should be. A mode that you choose on your Uber that says how engaging you'd like this ride. Like, do you want to have a conversation? Do you want to talk? Do you want just like silence? You know, that's you be tough to, though if the be... person knows who you are. I'm sorry, you're providing service yeah. and I'm paying you and then probably tipping. Oh, you're crushing handsomely. this guy's heart. If no, no, I'm that. not. It's, yeah. it's, it's just <laughs> you communicate. Hey, yeah. what genre of music do you want? Temperature, window up, mm -hmm. down. Can I get a charger ready for you? And hey, do you want to talk there or do you not chargers. want to? There should be more chargers in Uber. So that's a real oversight. Like, remember when Uber first started and it was like water, gum, whatever oh, you yeah. need. It was just like, put your feet up. You are. And you now, couldn't tip back then. Yeah. Now, now it's like you get in and the back seat is dirty and the guy's like, uh, yeah. Where do you want to go? Uh, says here, I'm going to, I'm going to take the worst route. Uh, you want to tell me something now? Uh, I'm going to talk your ear off and tell you something bad. And I might involve you in my politics. And you're like, great. <laughs> like, see, I, is, see, I'm game sucks. when they're on the phone. Like you do, you have your conversation. Yeah. That's fine. I'm just here scrolling social media. I just put my headphones in right away. And, and if someone talks to me too much, I do the fake phone call. I'm like, Oh, I got to take a call. And then I just start, I, I like do a fake call. I, I have known to be the guy who my AirPods are dead. But they're still in my ear. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough look. Uh, I do know I bought AirPods because I thought that they could make your hearing better. Like I thought that the the mode where they turn off made you like hear like Spider Man down the street. That's the only reason that I bought them. That's <laughs> so bad, so embarrassing. I think it's I can't remember what the mode is called. It's like it's not Vanish mode, but it's some mode with the AirPods. And so I got them. Okay, so um, is your hearing that bad? You have to manufacture no, just, good hearing. No, I just love eavesdropping. <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to like listen to other people's gossip way more. Come on, you know me. Um, are your warriors done and did Draymond's right hand kill them? Fair question. Great question. I don't know if they're done because I believe they lost nine in a row they at some point last year. bad though. When Draymond was hurt. They do look bad. Here's the real issue. One, they're healthy. Like they, mm -hmm. they don't even have an excuse of like so-and-so's out. They're healthy. Two, this might be, like, the best Steph Curry we've seen. Like, his unanimous MVP year was outstanding, but he was being set up all over the place. He's has to get everything on his own, uh, and still they're, like, barely beating bad Eastern Conference teams. I don't know if they're done, but, like, Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton aren't walking through that door. Elisa is not walking through that door. Like David West, anybody who's helped in the past isn't walking through that door. Yeah. I, I wonder if they make a trade and trade one of the light years ahead kids that they're supposed to be grooming. The problem is, like, for what? Like, yeah. the value of that asset is at an all time high. You might as well just try to rehab it. Uh, well, I, like, I, what's I, the contracts that's going out the door? Because I have one for you. Okay. Talk to me. It's Draymond. That this is the way to salvage the Warriors' season. So yeah. they are historically bad defensively. Yep, they're horrifically bad. And they the, cannot stop anyone. And the answer to that would be to trade their best both on-ball yep. and help defender mm -hmm. for... And, and how, does that, how does that help again? 
well, first of all, you're asking some of the young kids to probably go out the door in a trade, right? So you're trying to bring in maybe one or two pieces. But I think the most interesting one is, so Bill Simmons reported that Anthony Davis might be out. Oh, here we go. Clutch. Team yeah. Clutch. That Anthony Is this going to be clutch on clutch crime? Well, I just, I wonder if there, there was something to that, you know? Like, what the Warriors would have to give up in addition to Draymond. Like, whether it be picks, whether it be young guys, whether whatever it would be, that... LeBron would back channel wanting to have Draymond in his organization. Like LeBron's a bad GM, man. Like that's his one legacy. It's like, he's an awesome player. He's one of the greatest players of all time. He's one of the greatest liars of all time as the internet, like found out again this week. It's just like the, it's either the Godfather, or the Malcolm X book. Like it's the internet joke that won't die. Like every time I go on the app, do it, I, though? What, forget about what he does. People just like putting him in like hypo, hypothetical uh, scenarios where he lied about something. Every time I go on Twitter, I see another one that makes me just die laughing. Which one is your favorite LeBron lie? Oh, wait, the actual lies or the ones that people just are joking about? No, the, I saw one today lie. where it was like LeBron, LeBron was like, I tried to tell Japan not to mess with Pearl Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't yeah, listen. They wouldn't like, listen. Yeah, I know. It's so good. The, uh, the, one, the best is like, Reading the books. Yeah, the, the books is the like, best. Where he's always he's, on, page like, one. he's always on the, <laughs> the like, thank you page. I know. The, and the best is where he, they ask him about the, the Malcolm X book, and he replies with, like, he's like, I've read many notes over the years. It's like, you've read many notes over the years? Like, what, you read the Coles notes to the Malcolm X biography? Like, no, I've just seen, like, different Instagram quotes. Oh, man, I, I guess. But uh, still, the, I think the funniest, like, the Migos one is hilarious just because it's like, why Why are you taking credit for this? Like, it's just so strange where he's like, and nobody else on the team liked Migos. They told me, turn off Migos. I'm like, why? You have to throw everyone under the bus with this lie. But I think my favorite actually is the Kobe lie because it's just so unnecessary. It's like, it's a Kobe Bryant moment. And he's like, and I told my friends that night he was going to score 70 points. I'm like, what? you said he was, you were randomly watching a league about Raptors night and you decided that tonight Kobe Bryant is going to score. Yeah. It's like the crazy thing he is knew though, Jalen Rose and Joy Graham. Dude, couldn't check Kobe. I think the crazy thing is with LeBron is that he's just been surrounded by so many yes people like his entire life. And that includes his teammates, right? Like who's ever dissenting to LeBron James ever. Maybe Dwayne Wade would have done it a little bit. Who else? Who else has dissented to LeBron? Pat Riley. Yeah. And then he left. Yeah, exactly. Pat Riley one time was like, hey, if you leave, you're kind of a quitter. And then he was like, bye. <laughs> I got right. you. I'm out of here. D no, Dan he Gilbert after he was already gone. Oh, but that was the. Man, Dan Gilbert, that's out of all the things that people wish that they could take back, uh, like in the last 10 years, that's got to be very high on the list. Um, I just, I think that he's got so many yes people, like he believes all this stuff that he goes around and people are like, yeah, LeBron, you did say that. And he's like, I told you, <laughs> it's like, he's got 10 guys in his group that'll say that, which would be really nice. But I think you do lose touch with reality. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just think that the Warriors, that there's a different landscape out there, that but, they're done. But you're, I'm not going to go as far as done. Because if that's the case, the Clippers are also done. Like I think Clippers are done. Well, I, I mean, maybe Kawhi might be done. Yeah, Kawhi is done. Kawhi, dude, Kawhi's been off for two years. I was waiting. I did the thing again. I'm the most wrong guy that's ever been wrong about the Clippers. Every year, I pick them to win the West. Every year, I'm like, look at this team on paper. They're going to get it done this year. And then I, 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 every Clipper game I tune into, it's like, and Kawhi not playing tonight. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's supposed to play. And now it's getting to the point where like Paul George is a little pissed off about it. And the rest of the Clippers players are starting to have the dissent that happened early on in the Clippers tenure when he first showed up. And guys like Montrezl Harrell were like, why does he get all the separate rules? I don't, I don't know if you can, 
Yeah, I don't know if you can win with Kawhi in a climate that isn't the Raptors all just deciding, hey, everyone, this is a one-year pack. We're all going to shut our mouths. We're all just going to go like, Kawhi's actually funnier uh, in person than he is when, when he shows to you guys. That was an all-time live by the Raps. Uh, but yeah, I just I think it's done for Kawhi. I think well, it's a wrap for all the traditional guys out West. I wonder if the Raptors dodged a huge potential bullet by finishing this is a take. runners up. Now we're back. For Kawhi. Now or, we're back, bro. Or I wonder if... Well, no, he would have been on the court for 63 and a half games a year because he left the secret socks. Dude, yeah, you, no. you don't leave Dr. Alex. Yeah. You, whether it, you need a shoelace on your thumb yep. or you need to be load managed, like your career was close to done. Like you were damaged because that's why the Raptors got you in the first place. You had an outstanding year. You were the best player in the sport when you were on the floor. Yep. Beat, you know, three and a half Hall of Famers. By yourself, essentially, and Fred hit a big shot, and Lowry was clutch, and Pascal, you know, played out of his mind. But, like, don't, you can go to L.A., but instead of making deals for them to bring your uncle and your homeboy, you better make a deal for them to bring Alex. Dude, you know what his massive miscalculation was? It's the same thing that LeBron did. The league was going more towards you got to have depth and stars. You got to have a bunch of guys who can switch, a bunch of guys who can play defense, some guys that can take the pressure off you, and the Raptors actually showed him that blueprint. They went like, hey, this is actually how you're going to get this done. You're going to have a bunch of guys who can pack the paint against a Giannis. You're going to have a bunch of guys who can hit threes. You're going to have a Kyle Lowry who's a leader who can score for you. You're going to have a Pascal Siakam who's young and emerging. That's, you know, younger talent that can take the off night from you where he can go out and score 25. You have a perfect team around you. He did what LeBron did with AD, which is this is a superstar league. And it used to be that. It used to be the Miami Heat. You go out and you get the big three. I'm not saying stars don't win in the NBA anymore, but the model used to be, like, think about some of the bench guys that were playing for the Miami Heat when they were awesome. It was like Norse Cole. <laughs> you know, like, they, they were getting Joel Anthony real minutes on those teams. It didn't matter. Mike They're, Miller. Exactly. Shots without it, a shoe on. Like Shane Battier was like their fourth most important guy. And he was in his like 14th year in the league. You know, like they were able to go get Ray Allen at the very end of his career. where All he could do is hit a three and he's on the floor to close games. Like that's not happening anymore. You need multiple guys. You need a deep team. Like that's what ended up happening with the Warriors last year. That's why the Celtics ended up making it last year. Like those are the interesting teams, in the NBA. And I think Kawhi made a huge miscalculation by going, I'm leaving a Raptors team that has the right kind of depth around me and the right kind of build around me, like more so than the people who are going to keep them healthy. And to me, it's kind of, I don't know if we just care enough about Kawhi as like a media large, or if we just get sucked into the, 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 the today moment with Kawhi, because it's fascinating because he doesn't let anybody in and the reports you always get are so weird. Well, he's but also I, been on layaway for so long. We kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Him. But I do wonder if when his career is over, when this is all said and done, if the, the leaving the Raptors thing is going to become a greater NBA, what if, because if he stays in Toronto, I think he, he has two rings like that bubble year. They win the continuity of that group going into the bubble and how wide open the NBA is like that. Heat team made it to the finals with just Jimmy Butler. Like Jimmy Butler was the entire team and bam out of bio on like one leg and LeBron beat them with again, an also pretty bad team. Remember some of the ways that groups went out in that bubble, like Jamal Murray's run in there ending the Clippers. Like it was bad. It was a bad product. It was bad basketball. You were right. They shouldn't have done it. That was remember we were talking about whether the pandemic should come back at the time, whether they should do the bubble. I was like, just give us any sports. You were like, I don't know. Maybe this is not going to be such a great product. And it was not. The product was not great. We, although it did start the suns either way. I do wonder if we look back on the Kawhi decision and, and like historically go, this is a bigger, what if 
than we would make it out to be. And if they, if Kawhi would have left a market like Boston, I do feel like this would be talked about all the time. Well, you talk about that depth, and if we're looking at the blueprint of how you get to a championship, because, mm-hmm. you know, we've had now 10-plus years where it's just like, get three stars, then figure it out. That's it. Right? After the Heat and the Celtics. That's so what he so thought. Forth. I needed a co-captain. That was his whole thing. I need Paul George. Yeah, and when you look at the two teams who were just in the finals, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying the Warriors are dead yet. I think, you know, they could theoretically True go fan. to a couple more. Boston and Golden State the balance of those teams were built through the draft. Mm -hmm. And that gives you the ability to have depth at a relative cost, right? Because if you're building depth just on the free agent market, you're going to run out of, you know, disposable income. And and so that's why I think it's fascinating when we look at the pendulum swinging and it being a copycat league. The Nets are a dumpster fire for a lot of reasons. But just let's look at the basketball. That Mm -hmm. roster is a mess. Philly, there's no reason why Philly is in a conversation of, are they going to host a first-round game or be in the play-in given their high-level talent? But, you know, the roster is a mess because of the way it's constructed. The the Clippers, right, this entire era, they're going to build a new stadium. By the time they get in it, their team's going to be a mess because they've gone all in uh, and they don't really have much to show for it. I wonder, and, and, I, and outside of the Chris Paul acquisition, Phoenix is another team that is done pretty well mm-hmm. building through the draft. Now, that's a bit different because their owner, you know, has been historically cheap, so they had literally no other choice. But I, I think we may see uh, revert back to the mean that you, you have to build through the draft and build depth uh, surrounding a star or two around a bunch of great role players, which allows that star at the highest level uh, to then win. Which is what makes the Raptors so interesting to me. Is like they don't really have... Like, they've got depth, but just, like, they're missing some pieces of depth, right? Like, they could really use another guy who could score. That's very clear. Another guy who could get to the rim. They've got a lot of guys. They're depth in a way where they have a lot of similar traits with certain players, but they don't have any depth, like, when it comes to guards, for example. They don't have any depth when it comes to centers. They've just got a ton of depth with, like, Project 6-9. You can see how... 6-9 Mafia? Yeah, just, dude, they're they really look like the perfect team of they're just like one guy away. You know, they're just the one other star player away. And people want that to be Scotty, but it just feels like it's a little too early for Barnes. Like the game is just not quite refined enough. It's hard to put on a kid his age to all of a sudden accelerate. Like people, you know, the point was made a lot last year during the run, even with Jason Tatum, right? Where he hit a wall in that, in that finals where he hit a wall throughout the playoffs and you go, yeah, uh, this is a tough thing to do when you're this age in the league, even when you are surrounded by good talent. Um, I think Siakam has taken a step, but I still believe that the Raptors are like that one other guy away from actually being a contender. But here's the question, though. Mm-hmm. Do they have that guy, whether it's Scotty, Pascal, maybe OG, and they need to be cultivated to that level, or do they need to make a move? Because how often, how often did we say Danny Ainge? Just put Jalen Brown in the deal. Just put put, put Tatum in the deal. And now, and now, do the Celtics want anything to do with AD? Absolutely not. The, the Pelicans Another good what if. Uh, might end up having, uh, you know, the Lakers pick, which might end up being, first of all, imagine if the Lakers are at a point where they're trying to move off of Russell Westbrook and AD, and the Pelicans have a front line of Webanyana and Zion. Mm. Which is which is a, a real thing that could happen. 
No, uh, what, what, I want what, that to happen so bad. I hate the Lakers so much. I hate their fans. I but hate would everything it be, about them. Would it have been worth it for one bubble championship? No, it's not. It's not worth it. And that's the thing is like they didn't even get a parade. Okay. Like LeBron brings it up all the time. It's the one thing he doesn't lie about is that they didn't get a parade. And I just, that, that championship is the ultimate asterisk chip. Like that's why when everyone, anyone brings up that KD was hurt in the Raptors series, I'm like, no, 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 no. It's the next one. That's the one that counts as the asterisk one. Um, but that would be affirmation to sit pat, let your players develop, don't overreact in the moment. Yeah. Because whether it's Steph or Giannis, it takes a great player a while to win a championship anyways. Yeah. So you don't make a decision when a guy's 21, 22, 23, not even 25. I think it's just still more of the timeline questions, which is, are those guys still going to be um, what they are now by the time Scotty Barnes hits whatever you hope he can be? And do you think Scotty Barnes has that ceiling? But and who, like are the those old, contracts? who are the old guys on the team you're worried about? Well, I Ken wor- Birch? No, I would say that Siakam, Fred, particularly, like those two guys, like Fred Van Vliet needs a new contract. And I know there's new TV money coming in, and so we're not really sure exactly what these things are going to look like. It's almost why you wish that the Fred contract got done already because you'd love to see the salary cap skyrocket so much that his contract is like, oh my God, this is a crazy bargain deal. But having to decide what you're going to pay, like OG's up. Gary Trent's up. Like, these guys you have to make decisions on essentially right now. Fred is up. Like, these guys are all the right now. And then Siakam's looming there. And it's like, are you tying in all your money to this core and hoping that Scotty Barnes hits around it? Or are you deciding to take one of those guys and say, you know what? We're going to try to do, like, essentially the Norm Powell deal where you reset either somebody younger, someone more controllable, or someone that's a better fit. Or whatever. I to me, it still feels like there's there's got to be a trade of consequence with the group. I just hope it's Gary Trent, not OG and Anobi. See, Gary Trent and OG, I'm not worried about them being up because you have bird rights and they're in good situations. What are you going to pay Gary Trent Jr.? He's an efficient scorer. Like you yeah. just talked about the fact that the team needs someone who can get you a bucket. He's someone who you can roll the ball to and he'll get you a bucket. That has value. He'll also take the, you all the least efficient shots on the planet and make you pull your hair out and have nights where you go like, you know what? It's come a long way yeah. defensively yeah. from being a liability in Portland to be a good perimeter defender. Toronto, I like Gary Trent Jr. Here's the thing though. I would say of those names, the one that I find fascinating is Fred. Because mm-hmm. uh, one... The man's nickname is Ben on yourself. Like, don't just imagine the fact that he's in Harry Rosen commercials, that he's happy to be here and wants to come back. It, it, the, the, the comp deal, mm-hmm. when we look at this offseason, would be Brunson, mm-hmm. who to me is not nearly as good of a player, but had a really no, good not. playoff. If I'm Fred, I'm like, Jalen Brunson got how much? Excuse me? That's okay. what I'm saying. Thank you. That's where the number starts. Younger, though. But also, the rest of the league is like, well, man, the Knicks just paid Jalen Brunson, and that did not go well. So we don't want to do the same thing uh, with Fred. So I, it'll be fascinating in terms of what that number ends up being and how many other suitors there are for, for someone like Van Vliet. And quite frankly, if I'm Fred, I'm thinking to myself, do I want to be part of 6ix9ine Mafia where like these other random dudes are like getting the board, thus they get to bring the ball up? Like, is that the, the, the best he thing should. for me. I'm playing defense against all these other guards who get, you know, high pick and roll a hundred times a night. Mm-hmm. And I got a, an ice pack in my back because of it. <laughs> but on the offensive end, I'm just like catch and shoot guy because we're going to let Pascal cook or we're going to let Scotty cook. I think he gets it though. I think that he gets that. He's like the, the torch bearer from Lowry and that he's like, as good as Siakam might be, as popular as Barnes might be, um, 
that he's still going to be like, while he's here, he gets viewed as like the leader, that he is the guy that gets the Harry Rosen commercials, that he is the guy that's just beloved in the city. And as long as he gets his bag, like as long as the money's right, I think he'll be a Raptor uh, as long as it's there. We got to go. I wish we actually would have just done the hour, but I got Ariel Hawani on the other side. Oh, that's much better. Uh, yeah, that's, don't say that. Anyways, the, the podcast, go subscribe to it because it comes out next week. It's available right now. It's going deep. So you just search it on wherever you get podcasts. Um, I think you got a, you, well, you've got a teaser trailer up right now, right? Yeah. 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 So you can listen to that and then just leave five stars because it's going to be five stars, all right? So go listen to the podcast. And then, yeah, Donovan Bennett every single day after me starting next week. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. This was awesome. My pleasure. Uh, coming up, like I said, Ariel Hawani in five. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. So it's a day of reunions. I had Donovan Bennett in studio today. Daniel Cormier with Ariel Hawani. On the MMA Hour. Must listen. Cannot wait. What's up, buddy? How are we doing? Hey, JD. How are you? I thought we were doing a pre-tape, and then I was like, what's going on with these commercials? We're live? This is shoot? This, this is, is shoot right now? This is live. I, t- I wanted to tape with you because I don't think that the amount of time that we have today is a, a good length for the two of us. That's why I said I texted you yesterday. I said it's going to be a shorter one. You're a big celebrity. You're the shot caller to the industry. You're the hub, you know, like you've got every single guest in studio, you know, you got, uh, you, you literally made Israel Adesanya like come in to do an interview with you. Like it was, it's, you know, you're a busy guy. Well, you know, I'm happy you brought that up because I feel like you only call me when you need something like when it's, you know, Oh, big pay-per-view week. Hey, can I get you on? It's never, Hey, how are you? How's it going? How's life? How's that? How do you feel about Josh Allen's elbow? Are you nervous? Are you worried? Like nothing. I don't get anything. It's just that's not true. I trolled you. Give me, give me, give me. I trolled you on the bills. That was a give to you. I was a reverse curse for my bet and for your well-being. You know, like those are those are the nice texts from me. Give me, give me, give me. Uh, you think I'm just a taker? Yeah, oh, kind of. That hurts. But uh, I, I always enjoy the conversations, and I'm, uh, you know. I'm hoping for the best for Josh. Uh, a bit of a scare there, but it seems like we're trending in the right direction. So I know you didn't have me to, you know, talk about the bills and whatnot. So go yeah. ahead, fire away your MMA questions. No. I'll just be the guy who, you know, I'll be the, I'll be the circus monkey. I'll perform <laughs> for you, no problem. Uh, okay, quickly on the Josh Allen thing. Um, it's it. This is a weird one because everybody that's had that injury, it's it's scary, right? You hear stuff like Tommy John. Oh, you hear things like, but Matt Stafford, I think, played through it for a little while. And I, this is my genuine take. I think that Josh Allen is such a mutant that he'll play through it. But I am a little scared that it, it changes him a little bit. You know, like he's a physical player. He's a runner. And I yes. just, I would imagine that guys are trying to punch at the football. And then, whoops, we're accidentally punching the elbow. I don't know if it makes it work. But by the end of a football game, how is he feeling throwing the ball downfield? He looked good when he threw that ball to Gabe Davis that Gabe should have caught. But, yeah, yes. um, I... I would say, like, I'm not nervous he's not going to play, but I am a little nervous about what it means for the ceiling of the team because, yeah, the team goes through that superstar player. 100%. And injuries have been, you know, injuries hit everyone. I remember telling a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, the only thing that will stop the Bills this year, I feel like, are injuries. And then, obviously, we lose Micah Hyde. Uh, Jordan Poyer out, Matt Milano out is a huge deal. Uh, like what they did at the deadline, I am very nervous about Josh. I also feel like at the beginning of the year, I was like, OBJ, I don't want that guy. Now I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. I think I could use a little <laughs> OBJ action. Yeah. Uh, the run D needs to get better. The offensive line needs to get better. But I, I want to remind everyone, this same weekend last year, 
we lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And November was a bit of a rough stretch. You know, the, the loss to the Jaguars, the, the Bucks yep. first half, all that stuff. We'll be fine, but uh, obviously if Josh isn't healthy, we're not so fine. Still, I'm staying positive. Yeah, so um, here, this is how you know I'm not just a taker. It's like um, you had five guests in studio on your last show. Um, you've got DC in today, which I'm sure you're excited for. Um, I, oh, you yeah. said that you know, you're more excited for 281 than 280 because of the stakes, so I do want to talk a couple of stakes with you, but I'm going to do one quick Let's thing go. here, one no, quick no. thing before the stakes. Hit me with the stakes. All right, you okay, want the stakes? Right. Okay, I was going to pay you a compliment, but that's okay. I'll just back off it. I was just like, it's it's very, you know. Right, I mean. <laughs> no, listen, we're friends, and, um, you know, like, obviously, like, I admire the work. It's very, very good. But it, it was kind of just an interesting, not that I haven't thought about this before, but, yeah, just, like, MMA news media is just purely you. Like, if you Google MMA stuff, like, you Google 281, right, and you try to find other stories, it's just, like, the stories that people have given you. Like, every article gets made off of the stuff you do. And it's it's very strange, I think, to have, you know, you're very passionate about the sport. Um, you've been doing this for a very long time. But it's very interesting to me where it's like, man, it's kind of like your succession for MMA, where, like, you control the story, you know? Like, where they're in the news media rooms, and they're like, we control the story. Like, this is the thing. It's like... You, have, you, you must have reflected on this from time to time where you're like, your ability to change a narrative going into a fight is just massive. Uh, yeah, no, people have said it to me. I, I honestly, I swear, I don't view it that way. I'm honestly just trying to book the best shows possible and have the best content. And, uh, you know, it's great when they're in New York once a year or so, because then hopefully you can get some of the guys in the studio. And Monday was one of my favorite episodes ever. Like, if, awesome if you're not episode. an MMA fan... Thank you. Um, and, and really, the, the highlight for me was Eugene Behrman, the head coach. Yeah, I'm getting that um, first. If you're just a gen- oh, dude, like if you're, if you're, if you're just a, a sports fan mm-hmm. and, and, and you listen to this guy who's a head coach of some superstars, including one very big superstar, and you hear the way he speaks about Izzy with such honesty and uh, just like such candor, you don't get this in any other sport. Everyone's afraid to criticize their, yep. their star, their, their team, whatever. And this guy's just sitting there with no fear of any kind of backlash or anything like that. Really, really special stuff. So I don't know. I don't really do it that way. And and uh, I do take pride in the fact that, uh, you know, one of my goals when I went on my own, as we talked about, was uh, I, al- I always admired the fact that when I watched Letterman or Leno or even Johnny Carson back in the day, they didn't go to the premieres. The stars went to them, right? Mm. Uh, they, they weren't standing on the red carpet. Tom Cruise... Uh, Halle Berry, Jim Carrey, they went to them. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's, it's a point of pride that the, they come to me as opposed to me having to go there. And that obviously comes with a lot of time and work and relationships and whatnot. But that, that is something that I am proud of. Yeah, and just like a ton of prep. And yeah, the, the amount of work that goes into that show and the amount of work that's gone into getting to where it is is obviously like it's, it's astounding. And so there's a reason why even in that sport that's more conducive to people kind of telling the truth or being more critical or whatever, you, however you want to pull it, um, that it, it gets that way with you. And you do know how to pull the right levers. And that's what happened here. So, okay, so stakes. That's the theme of today. The, the theme of today is stakes. Yeah. Um, you're a big New York sports guy. I forgot that this was even at MSG until I was listening to your podcast. Um, it had become so secondary wow. to me, which is, yeah, which is kind of surprising because for such a long time, it was all about getting to New York, getting to New York. Oh, man, when the MMA gets to New York, is it, are we just at a point where it's like the venue really doesn't matter for the UFC? Like, it just, it, the sport is over. The sport, uh, to use the wrestling term, um, the sport has hit a, a point where 
um, yeah, the baseline for it is just high enough where the venue is no longer just like a, a real story. I would actually strongly argue the opposite. Number okay. one, you hear how some of these people talk about fighting at MSG. Like I spoke to uh, Dan Hooker about it, Brad Riddell about it. Even Izzy was like, yo, New York, you know, the taxes are crazy here compared to fighting in Nevada or Florida, et cetera. But it's New York. It's Madison Square Garden. It's a chance to say that I headlined the same venue as uh, Ali Frazier. So I think it still means something to them. To them, And yeah. why I think it... And I think it even means more to us as the audience, as the viewers, because of these damn Apex shows. Like, th- that wasn't a thing two years ago, three years ago. And I have to, I have to be honest with you, man. Like, I am having a hard time with the Apex shows. It is testing my love for the game. And I was talking to a colleague of mine. I was like, yo, if Apex shows were a thing... 14, 15 years ago when I got into this, I don't know if I would have gotten into it. This is this is the McDonaldization of MMA. This is the UFC putting on anything. These aren't UFC caliber cards just to fill out a slot with ESPN so they can get their big bucks at the end of the year. This is not why we fell in love with it. This is not why we love MMA. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like there's any emotion attached. It doesn't feel like there are any stakes attached. It doesn't feel important. It doesn't feel like any of that. And it's, it's driving me nuts, to be honest. Like, it's really, really bothering me. So you get to MSG, and you're like, yes, this feels big. Good. This feels important. This feels like it matters. And so I would argue that it actually the venue actually means more than it ever did. Okay, that's good, because I, I want to feel that way when I'm watching um, on Saturday. Because, yeah, I just... I thought it was a little surprising. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just an oversight uh, that I, I hadn't thought about it that way. It just felt, like I said, for so long, it was all about breaking through to that market. And now I just kind of went like, all right, it's cool that it's there. It's cool for the fighters. But it doesn't feel like before it was like, hey, you've got to legitimize MMA by being in New York. Like once it gets to New York, it's legitimized. And now I just feel like it's been legit for a long time. And that really just isn't a story that attaches itself to MMA anymore. Okay, so Eugene Behrman, you mentioned him. Um, he's Izzy's coach. He said some pretty spicy things about Alex Pereira. Uh, he said that him getting the fight was ridiculous. I love that. Uh, that was really good. Uh, but the stakes for Pereira are pretty obvious, right? Um, standpoint of he wins, he becomes the Izzy killer, he becomes a champ. Um, but what are the stakes for Izzy? Oh, my God. The stakes for Izzy are, I mean, you couldn't beat this one guy. This guy was your, your boogeyman, and he yeah. knocked you out. He's the only guy to knock you out. He knocked you out in your last kickboxing match. So you could frame it, even though I don't think this actually happened, but you could frame it as he, he ran him out of kickboxing, and then he comes over to MMA, and I agree with the, the CKB guys, the city kickboxing guys, Eugene Behrman. I agree with them. There's no way that Alex gets his title shot if he doesn't have that history. Now, I think it's the fight to make, and I think it was brilliant for the UFC to book him in fights in order to get a few wins under his belt so that they can make this fight a legit one. But, you know, most people with his resume in MMA, less than 10 fights aren't getting a shot against Israel Adesanya. So uh, if, if Izzy loses, man, it's going to be a big blow. I, I would argue there's a hell of a lot more pressure on him, especially considering how the last fight went and the fans not being happy with the performance. Yep. Um, and then especially this guy, you know, he's got a freaking rocket of a left hand, and he is a scary, scary striker. And the one thing that he has going for him that no one else has thus far in the UFC versus Izzy is, like, he is not intimidated by him at all. You know, Whitaker talked about psyching himself out. Other guys have as well. You saw Jared Cannonier. He hardly showed up. This guy has two wins, including a knockout win over Izzy. So the moment might get to him. MSG might get to him. The, the main event slot might get to him. He's never been in that spot before. But remember, no slouch. 
two-division kickboxing champion in glory, which is the premier kickboxing organization in the world. So this guy has been around, and he's got his number. So, man, and, and you see the intensity. And I love that Izzy is saying it is personal because a lot of guys will be like, no, nah, it's just another fight. It's not personal. You know, he's just another opponent. I don't see him. Like, no, nah, I want this one back. I want to prove to this guy that I'm better than him. It's a different sport. This is my world. You, you, you took a shortcut, great, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you a lesson. This yeah. is just, I mean, this is everything I love about MMA. Yeah, I just, you're right, though. The stakes, the reason why I brought him up is because they just feel massive for him. He loses his fight, and all of a sudden there's a guy who has his number. We're looking at the Cannoneer fight differently. We're remembering that, you know, yeah. he tried to go up a weight class and lost to Blahovich, and then we're going, hey, you know, we're, we're starting to question the greatness of his era. He gets this thing done, and I think a lot of those things go to, to rest for a little while, especially given that it's this guy who, like he says, doesn't have that resume. That's the thing about downplaying your opponent, right? That's the thing about saying something on your show like, well, what did he say? He's like, I know something he doesn't know, or he, he basically yeah. outlined, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to starch this guy. Um, but yeah, he's 33 years old. You're right. The Cannoneer fight was, I would say, less than spectacular. But he did make me think about something in listening to the interview as well, which was him talking about how uh, when you're the champ, people start to nitpick you. And I got defensive because you guys use GSP, and I used to get so mad when people would be like, GSP's boring, he just lays on people. And I would go, no, he's great. What do you want him to do, fight a fight where he loses? I started wondering if there's something applicable to that with Israel Adesanya. Do you think that's the case, or, or are there signs to you that the guy might actually be slowing down? No, I don't think he's slowing down. It's just so, I mean, it's so dangerous at the top, man, that they're, they're, uh, they're risking so much. And the fall from being champion to being contender to being, you know, third in line, just from a pace standpoint, is so dramatic. And so I didn't blame him at all for the Cannoneer fight. It's, it's Jared who's trying to take away the belt. You bring the fight to him, man. He's going to stand there and he's going to counter-strike all day long because, A, he's the better striker, and, B, he has so much more to lose. And so that's just a byproduct of the system, the pay system, the, the economics of MMA. But you see this in boxing as well. Like, you get to the top, why would you get in a phone booth with someone where he can, you know, turn your lights off in a second? I know it's not the best style, for you know the fans, for the promotion, for pay-per-views, but I don't begrudge him one bit. Look at a guy like Charles Oliveira. You know, people loved him, but you know he kind of threw caution to the wind every time out there, and eventually that was going to catch up to him. And you can't you know throw knees and stuff against someone like Islam Akhachev, and look what happens. You know, it was a relatively easy, quick fight for Islam. And so Izzy, while I do think he is going to be aggressive, while I do think he is going to you know have energy and a little bit of oomph behind everything that he's doing on Saturday. I don't think he's going to dramatically change his style. Why should he? He's a counter-striker. He's a very good striker. He's one of the most elite strikers we've ever had in the UFC. If you think he's just going to go and do Gaslam Part 2, where he looks like death afterwards, you're fooling yourself. There's, there's no reason for that to happen. Yeah, and that's the way I think it's going to go. And that's where I wonder if the criticism has been too harsh. Um, we got to run, so this one's got to be a bit shorter than we need it to be. Yeah, we got one more. Wow. Yeah, well, I know this is the way it goes when we do live sometimes is it gets pinched. I, I told you, some of having you on during this fight week is better than none. Um, I have Dustin Poirier on later Thank this you for having me. I have Dustin Poirier oh. on later this week. That's why we didn't do later in the week. Um, what happens if he wow. wins, and what's his legacy if he loses? Okay, by the way, Dustin, compliment him on his new hot sauce. New line just came out fantastic. I think you'll that's love the only reason I have got him on. More. I think that's the only reason that we okay, got him perfect. in the first place. <laughs> it's perfect. The hot sauce. Hey, take what you could get. Uh, big fight for him. Look, there's a new champion at 155. Chandler had a loss to Charles. Mm -hmm. 
Dustin had a lot to Charles. Now the gates are open. Uh, you win this fight, you're right back in that mix. And we haven't seen him since the loss to Charles. He's been inactive this year. And these two guys, I love this fight. I love this fight just as much, if not more, than the main event because there's like a professional rivalry between these two alpha males. You can tell they don't like each other. Who's going to be the king of the castle? Who's going to be the king of the block? Chandler Poirier, I would be shocked if this doesn't live. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Izzy and, and Alex doesn't live up to the hype. This one, no chance, has to live up to the hype. Yeah, I hope it does. I really hope it does. I'm a big Poirier fan. Um... I actually don't mind Chandler either. Uh, like, he seems like a really fun guy. But, yeah, I'm really rooting for Dustin in this one. Like, I just, I, I, I always root for the guy whose career is like, and I know he got his moment, but uh, it's just like the guy that just scratches the surface and just can't seem to quite be on top is always usually uh, my favorite kind of fighter. Uh, Ariel Hawani, again, MMA hour today with uh, the return of Daniel Cormier, which is, I, I think that there's no better chemistry than the two of you guys in all of the podcast world, like, regardless. So even if you're, like, not even an MFA fan, you should listen to it. I promise you that you will enjoy it. Thanks for making time today, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you, pal. Uh, Ariel Hawani, uh, the MMA Hour. And again, trust me, listen to that podcast today. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Matt Sundin, by the way. That's tomorrow.